And back we are with another edition of the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Savannah Tamarkin in, uh, in studio. The number to get a hold of Savannah anytime is 416-216-5910, insuranceandinjurylaw.com. And I'll give out your email as well, Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Want to cover off since uh, we're kind of new. I mean, you've been doing this for a few weeks, uh, but your first brand new show was last week. Uh, so we'll get into it again, just to give people a little more background on exactly uh, why we're doing this show, uh, your background, and what you're planning to do. All right. Thanks a lot, John. Yeah, last week uh, we had our first show and we had some interesting calls come in. Uh, So the purpose of this show is to answer questions, uh, questions that people have about uh, disability, about uh, personal injury, car accidents, slip and falls, uh, and any issues that they have uh, with insurance uh, claims. Uh, You know, we find in our practice, in my practice specifically, that, uh, you know, people when they uh, get in a bind, whether it's because they have a disability claim, insurance claim, whatnot, uh, they have no idea what to do and they are very, um, uh, you know, they, they get panicked. They get panicked mm-hmm. and they don't know how to deal with those situations. And that's the purpose for the show is to uh, provide information and to provide advice. Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca to get a hold uh, this afternoon. You want to give us a uh, give us a question or comment? You can do so. Talk about uh, let's do a little bit of the week that was because I know I see some interesting cases throughout the week. We want to get on the air to give people some some reassurance that this stuff is, you know, easily solved and easily taken care of. Right? Absolutely, a hundred percent. So this week I had some interesting calls from some people. Uh, the first um, uh, question that I had from from somebody who called me on Monday. Uh, was a gentleman by the name of Robert. Now, Robert is a commercial landlord. Uh, he has a property, and uh, you know when he took out insurance on the property, uh, what he neglected to tell his insurance company is that he was going to rent a portion of it out, and a portion of it was going to be used for his own business. Uh, and uh, you know, lo and behold, he had uh, a uh, a claim uh, a few months back. He had an insurance claim, a fire, and the insurance company, when they found out that uh, he in fact was renting part of that property. Uh, you know, they, they said to him, listen, you didn't tell us that. We charge you premiums on the understanding that the entire property was going to be used for your business and not for the, uh, you know, for, for rent. Uh, so therefore, your insurance policy is null and void. Oof. Therefore, there is no claim there. And, you know, unfortunately, this is one of those situations where I have to really remind people that when you take out insurance, uh, and it doesn't matter what kind of insurance, whether it's house insurance, travel insurance, whatever it is, you make sure that you tell the insurance company. Disclose everything. You, you disclose absolutely yeah. everything. Now, if this was a situation where Robert would have used a broker, for example, because in this case he did not. He didn't use an insurance broker. He went directly to the insurance company. If he had used a broker, which I, what I always recommend, uh, and he told the broker this, and the broker then made the mistake of not telling the insurance company, then Robert would have had a very easy claim to recover for his losses as against the broker and the broker's insurance company. So this is one of oh, those wow. cases where the lesson is always disclose everything to the insurance company and if possible, if in any way possible, make sure that you use a broker for whatever your insurance needs are. Okay, what else? All right, so I had another very interesting claim and this one is a disability claim. Now, John, we talked about that before. Yep. This disability claim involved this lady, her name is uh, Carol, uh, who's 51 years old, mm-hmm. who has been on long-term disability now for almost two years because of fibromyalgia, which is a chronic condition, very painful, very debilitating. A lot of people suffer from it. And she's been on disability for almost two years, receiving payments, uh, $2,000 a month, until uh, she received a letter from the insurer saying that the two-year mark is coming up and we're going to cut you off. And the reason why they're going to cut her off is because they say that uh, the test now is changing. It's no longer can you do your own job, it's can you do any job for which you're suited by experience, training, and education. Uh, And a lot of people who get those kinds of letters 
just before the two-year mark when they're in disability, uh, they, they panic and they don't know what to do. Uh, here it is, this insurance company that they've been relying on is telling them that they're no longer going to pay them uh, and the, 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 there's no way for them to go back to work. They're disabled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I spoke with, uh, with this lady, I said to her, look, uh, what I need from you is I need uh, some medical documentation from your doctor, from your specialist, to confirm the fact that, in fact, you're not able to go back to work. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a very easy claim to resolve. Insurance companies, disability companies routinely cut people off uh, in these kinds of circumstances. And uh, I, I say this quite, uh, you know, quite often. So in this particular situation, uh, you know, she's going to be sending me her, uh, her medical information. We're going to take a look at the claim. Uh, and I, I guarantee you I'm going to resolve it for her uh, w- within, within a few months at most. We'll take a, before we take a short break, let me get this in. Why, what's with the two-year mark? Why, are they, why is it always up to two years or close to the two-year mark? The two-year mark in long-term disability claims is the time at which the test for whether or not uh, you should be getting disability payments mm-hmm. changes. So usually in these policies, and a lot of your listeners, uh, our listeners would, uh, would, would know this, uh, you know, they're told that within the first two years, uh, you have to prove or you have to show that you're not able to do your own job. Mm-hmm. After the two-year mark, you have to show that you can't do any job. So it's a much broader test. So insurance companies would oftentimes, uh, as you come up to the two-year mark, they will say to you, uh, you know, we're going to have you uh, seen by certain experts. Uh, and those experts then provide reports to the insurance company saying, perhaps this person is not able to do their own job, but guess what? They can do, they can do 10 other jobs. Right. Exactly. Right. And you know what? Most of the time, that's not true. It's not the case. Because those experts that are hired by the insurance company are hired by the insurance company. They're there to provide the insurance company some ammunition no to then cut you off. And all we do really at that, 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 you know, in, in, in those cases is uh, we get all the information. We make sure we contact um, our clients' uh, doctors. Uh, we, we get supporting opinions. And as soon as we present them in the right way mm-hmm. to the insurance company, the insurance company has no uh, avenue. They have to either pay the claim uh, as a lump sum or they have to continue their payments to the, to the individual who's injured. We'll take a short break. Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca to get a hold of. And his number anytime, 416-216-5910. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640. You want to get a hold of Savan, drop him uh, some comments, some questions. You can do that anytime. S I V A N. Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca. His number right on his hip, 416 216 5910. We finished off the uh, the first break, the first segment there, Savan, talking about uh, disability and some cases you had in the workplace that were getting cleared up. But let's keep on that. Long term disability, for instance. Who, uh, who's entitled to long term disability? Anyone who is enrolled in a disability plan and who has worked when they became disabled is entitled to it. Disability can be physical, it can be psychological, or it can be, or it can be a combination of both. All we need is supporting medical documentation from the person's own physician or specialist. That's it. Those are the qualifications for receiving long-term disability. Okay, they've started with you. They've seen their doctors. They've done some tests. They've got some, uh, you know, some documentation, as you say. Uh, insurance company refuses to pay. What can they do about it? Well, that's, uh, it, it's, it's very easy. I mean, the answer here is that we make them pay. Insurance companies, <laughs> insurance companies are not above the law. Uh, neither are banks or any other corporation. They have to comply with the law. Uh, you know, many people panic when they get a letter or a phone call from the adjuster uh, that they've been dealing with for the last few months or, or, or years or, or who they've never even met or, or spoken to, uh, telling them that their claim is either not approved or is cut off. Uh, again, there's no need to panic. All you have to do is just get uh, some advice. Uh, we know we can help with that. 
at the end of the day, if you're unable to work and there's supporting medical documentation and we present it the right way, we can resolve that claim. 416-216-5910, that is Savan's direct number. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening. In fact, we had a lot of phone calls last week of, of people that were on this type of disability. They phoned, they had some questions for you. If they're listening right now and, uh, you know, they're dealing with that adjuster, how, walk us through a typical conversation with adjuster. Because I would imagine even though they're, they're probably pretty good actors, right? Because they're working for the insurance company, but right. they're, they're probably kind of like your best friend at some point, right? Yeah, they can be best friends. I mean, I've heard, uh, you know, different accounts. Some adjusters are, are rude. Some adjusters are very nice. And, and here's the thing, you know, to be fair to these adjusters, they have a job to do. And their job is to save the insurance company money. Mm-hmm. Okay, So when you're speaking with an adjuster, it could start off very well and then deteriorate depending on what they tell you. At the end of the day, these adjusters are following a certain protocol. Okay? And that protocol is to get certain documentation from you, to get certain information from you, from your doctors. And then they make an evaluation. And sometimes they make it in teams as well. It's, this is this is behind-the-scenes process you may not even see. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of times the information that they get may not be adequate information. So a lot of times they may tell you, listen, we don't have enough information to justify an ongoing disability claim. Again, you may get very frustrated because you and your doctor, because you, you're thinking, both of you, we've provided all of this to the insurance company. But, you know, guess what? Insurance companies work in a very, very structured way. They have to have their questions answered in a very, very specific way. And if those questions are not answered in a specific way, uh, not positioned in the right way, they'll just deny the claim. Again, very, very easy to resolve. Occasionally, we have to start a claim, Mm -hmm. which gets the claim resolved as well. It's just a lot of times we try not to. We try to simply communicate uh, on behalf of our clients with the insurance company. And listen, insurance companies are in the business of handling claims. They would like to save as much as they can. But as soon as there is an insurance lawyer on the other side who's presenting the facts and the information in a certain way, most of the time, they will work with us to make sure that the claim is handled properly. 416-216-5910 and Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. You say they like to have their questions answered a certain way. So how important is it? Again, this may be come back to why someone should give you a call and have you do the talking. How important is the language if someone's dealing with an adjuster, what they say? I mean, that can sink or swim their case, Absolutely. No? It's extremely important. Right. Um, I'm going to give you a very simple example. There's a case that I'm dealing with right now where... Uh, you know, the family doctor wrote a note, uh, and this is the two-year mark we talked about before mm-hmm. where the test changes. You know, can you do any type of jobs, not just your own job? Uh, and, 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 you know, the family doctor wrote in a note that this individual is having difficulty doing work but perhaps would be suitable for a, a sedentary type of job, right, just sitting down. Well, the reality, the reality is that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, that individual is having a lot of difficulty even sitting down, But the mere fact that the family doctor suggested that perhaps that might be a solution, even though it's not, that's it. Now the insurance company seized on that. And it's just not the case. So what's happened recently is that that individual, that my client, was referred to a chronic pain doctor uh, by her family doctor. And we'll see what the chronic pain specialist says. But I'll tell you, I mean, I visited this individual at home, uh, which I often do with with people just to see how they live uh, and, and how they function. I'll tell you, I, I can't see her being able to do anything at this point. Maybe down the road, but not now. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, Appreciate but, it. but you know, but the doctor was trying to help. <laughs> right. He didn't understand that saying something, one word, that word may 
already changed the complete equation. Yeah, the, it's a feeding the, frenzy. It's exactly yeah. it. I mean, you're basically feeding the insurance Release company. the hounds. You right? got it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. We'll take a short break. The number 416-216-5910. That is Savan's direct number. You can call him anytime in his email, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots more coming up here. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. And the number to call to get a hold of Savan directly, 416-216-5910 or Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Go to the website as well, insuranceandinjurylaw.com. Want to get into something that's going to be a, uh, a busy word in your office, I imagine, the next few months as we get to the bad weather. That would be car accidents insurance claims. Exactly. Right? That's going to be kind of crazy. So, um, you know, winter season is coming, so lots of accidents will happen. What should people do if they're hurt in a car crash or an accident? Right. right? Well, there are three things people should always remember. If you are hurt or someone is hurt in a car accident, you obviously call 911. Okay. I mean, that's a given, obviously. Uh, number two, you get medical attention. You go to your hospital. You go to your family doctor, a walk-in, whichever medical professional you want to go to. I see a lot of times people who decide not to do so, and then two, three days later, when the pain is unbearable, they end up going to the doctor. So very important, get checked out. You never know what what injury you actually sustained. Uh, And a lot of times in these accidents, you get very severe whiplash. Uh, and you feel it only uh, you know when you wake up the next morning. Number three, give us a call. Give us a call. Let us guide you. Okay, you're going to have various potential claims. Claim with your insurance company. Claim okay. with an insurance company for whoever was at fault. There's a variety of things we have to go through. It won't take a long time. Doesn't cost a thing. Fairly easy to understand, but you need to understand in order to know what your options are. You know, there's almost uh, an infinite way for collisions to happen. Therefore, there's almost an infinite number of, of accidents can, or at least injuries that can happen in a, in, a, in a car crash. So back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, you know, a broken knee. Unlike, you know, you hear rumors of the American system where, you know, it's a certain amount of dollars for a cutoff finger. It's a certain amount of dollars for a cracked patella. How do you, how do you gauge, how do you compensate for, for an injury? What is, what is owed? In essence, okay. that's that's an interesting question and, a, and, and a, an important one, because virtually every person that comes to me asks me that exact question. Uh, how much is my claim worth? They're not asking that because they're greedy. They're asking that because they want to understand mm. how the law operates. Uh, and so the law here works on, on a compensation system. If somebody is responsible for your injuries, uh, the law is going to look at your pain and suffering. Obviously, they're going to want to see what, what is your injury? Is it a back pain? Is it a whiplash? Is it uh, you know, a fractured knee, a torn shoulder? We have to see uh, what the injury is. And, and then we have to figure out what the impact is of that injury on you. I mean, you know. Explain. Expl- okay. So if, for example, you, uh, you broke your knee, you fractured your knee, uh, it's a bit different if you work in an office than if you work as, as a general laborer. If, if you're in a, right. you know, in a, in a, uh, working for GM, uh, you know, packing parts, putting things together. So, so the impact on you may be completely different depending on what you do and how you live your life. You have kids or not, etc. So what does the law do? The law breaks it down and it asks, what is the impact on you and what's the injury? So you're entitled to get pain and suffering for certain injuries and in certain situations. You're entitled to get compensation for your lost income, all right? You're entitled to get compensation for the fact that you can't do certain housework if you have to hire someone, right. if another family member is picking up the slack now. Uh, there's a variety of things, a variety of these types of damages, which together you're supposed to get compensation for, and they're supposed to make you whole. Now, of course, the money is not going to put you back to where you were mm-hmm. uh, before the accident, but you know it's extremely important to analyze all these factors, figure out uh, the full impact of the injury and the accident on you, on your family. And incidentally, uh, you may have had the accident, but your family members may very well be suffering. 
perhaps your wife needs to pick up extra shifts at work. Uh, and so therefore, because you can't work and maybe somebody else has to actually watch the kids, there's a variety of things that we have to look at to understand how to how the law should be compensating you. And, and you know, we talked about that before. My background um, as a defense lawyer working for insurance companies On in the, the past. On the other side. I got to yeah. tell you, I... Um, I I, I resolved a lot of cases in the past in favor of the insurance companies, uh, and and I've seen a lot of lawyers miss uh, certain things that their clients should have been compensated for because the lawyers did not understand the scope of the compensation uh, and did not look at absolutely every angle. And you've been on both sides, so it's pretty. It's yes, yeah, you definitely get good. a different, absolutely different perspective when you've been on both sides, and and you know you see what uh, what each side is is supposed to do. Four one six two one six fifty nine ten and Savan at the uh, injury uh, insurance lawyer rather. You mentioned in that whole sentence of of people you mentioned uh, a caregiver and a family member for compensation. Are you saying that if you know, if my daughter wasn't six, if she was 25, and now she had to spend four, five hours a day taking care of me in some regard because of my accident. Are you saying there's compensation, i.e. she gets paid in some way, shape, or form for doing that, even though she's my daughter? You got it. That's got crazy. It. How does that work? Well, it, it, think about it this way. Uh, if the law is trying to put uh, an individual back in the way they were mm-hmm. before the accident, f- from a monetary standpoint, if your daughter is providing care to you because you are injured, why shouldn't she be compensated for that if there is somebody that's at fault for the accident? So when you start the claim, you may not not necessarily start the claim just for yourself, but perhaps for your daughter as well, who will then be claiming under the law certain compensation for her wow. services. And it almost seems counterintuitive, right? I mean, your daughter should be helping you in any event. But that's not the point. The point is that she's now burdened with the fact that she has to take care of you. Right or wrong, it's irrelevant. The point is that's what the law allows. And, and you know, to the extent that, uh, that she's entitled to it, she should be claiming it. It's really that simple. If she doesn't want to claim it, she doesn't have to. That's her choice. What we discussed before and what I'm going to say again is that the, the, the key is this. People should be very aware of their options, of what they're entitled to. And as long as people are aware of what they're entitled to and how to pursue those entitlements, I've done my job. So if I'm the injured one and all these claims, I'm making all these claims, I'm hopefully getting it paid out for that, that laundry list of things right. you just said. Does it change whether I'm at fault or the person who hit me is at fault? Who pays for it in that case? So uh, that's, that's an excellent question. In Ontario, the system is structured in such a way that there are certain benefits uh, if you're injured in a car accident, irrespective of fault, you are entitled to certain benefits from your own insurance company. Okay. Okay. Or the insurance company of the vehicle you were in. Is that part of the no-fault system that Correct. came back got about 20 years ago or whatever it was? Exactly. Except that back then it was, it was just a no-fault system and now okay. it's a split no-fault and fault system. Cool. And so, and that's a, that's, a, that's a very good question because a lot of people who come to me who've seen other lawyers, they haven't had that explained to them. So this is what our audience should know. If you're involved in a car accident, irrespective of whose fault it is, you are entitled to certain benefits from your own insurance company. Those may be income replacement benefits if you can't work. There's a certain formula that we use. There's a certain maximum. It's $400 a week, but it's still money. Uh, There are treatments that should be covered. There are certain things that you're entitled to from your own insurance company. I mean, that's why you're paying for, uh, for auto insurance. But if somebody else is at fault for the accident, I mean, I have a lot of cases where uh, somebody else was at fault. It was a bad left turn. Uh, Mm -hmm. Something happened. Uh, In those situations, the injured individual and potentially family members are entitled to make uh, claims above and beyond what they would make against their own insurance company against the other driver or the owner of the car that was responsible for the accident. And when you're looking at those kinds of claims, usually those are much more significant claims 
than the claims just against your own insurance company. There's no way you can possibly navigate this on your own with an insurance agent. There is no way. Well, first of all, that's crazy. Just it, what you're telling me here. You, you know, need you need someone <laughs> in your position for this. I'll tell you this. It's an interesting story. A couple of weeks ago, I had a gentleman give me a call. I had spoken to him. Uh, I think about a year ago. He had an accident a year and a half ago. And he called me up for some advice. So I spoke with him for about half an hour uh, back a, you know, a year ago. And I explained the process, exactly what I've just said. Yep. How do you deal with your own insurance company and the other side's insurance company? Well, a year later, he calls me up two weeks ago. And uh, he says to me that he's decided to do it on his own. And he's been negotiating with both insurance companies. And he's asking me for advice because now he has final numbers from those insurance companies. And I'll tell you, I was very, first of all, I was very uncomfortable giving him that advice because I haven't, I don't know what's happened in the last year. I don't know what the impact is. So I was giving him general information about what he should be looking at. But I'll tell you this, my gut feel, my gut feel is that he's probably going to end up getting maybe if he's lucky, 10 cents on the dollar. No kidding. There's no way. But the thing is, what am I going to say? I mean, he doesn't have to come to me. The one thing we don't do at the firm, I'll tell you this right now. Uh, my partner doesn't do it. Other lawyers here, they know not to do it. We do not pressure people. Mm-hmm. We will give you the information. We will explain the process. We will tell you what you need to know. But if you don't want to come with us, you want to go somewhere else, you want to do it on your own, good luck. Do it. That's mm-hmm. fine. I mean, we're busy as it is. We're there to help people, to give information. This is why we're doing this show. I got a, a question for you after after the break. It's an interesting one. I don't know if you'll be able to answer it or how you're going to answer it because it's it's kind of a bizarre situation, something we touched on last week. We'll take sure. that short break. The number 416-216-5910, Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And more of this show, the Insurance and Injury Law Show on Talk Radio AM 640. And the number to contact this afternoon, anytime, Savan, actually, is 416-216-5910. And Savan, uh, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Anytime you want to check out the website as well, insuranceandinjurylaw.com. I mentioned uh, before the break, we're talking about car accidents and injury claims. Here is my question. So I'm in the car. Uh, I mess up. We get into a collision. My wife is hurt. Okay, so she would obviously, or I would assume, have a claim for some benefits. Should she, as brutal as it sounds, should she... For financial reasons, sue me. All right. So she's that's, married to me. She's she's the mother of my child's event. Should right. she sue me? <laughs> yeah. Or and, is it normal? Well, it's it's a good question, and you may have some difficulty after I answer that uh, going home uh, <laughs> today. But uh, so 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 here's here's the answer. I mean, okay. listen. Most of us, when we drive, a lot of times we drive with family members, coworkers, friends. And, you know, people get into accidents. And so the question is naturally, what do I do if I have, you know, a serious injury? It doesn't matter if it's a break or back pain, whatever, mm-hmm. but I can't work. What am I going to do? Okay. Well, first of all, all these individuals in the car are entitled, like I said before, to certain benefits from their own insurance companies. Okay. But what happens if those injuries are serious? So let's use the example you had, you and your wife. Your wife is injured, severely injured. You know, it's a year later. She's still having these issues. She can't go back to work. She's having difficulty. Here's the thing. Your insurance premiums have gone up anyways because of the accident. I mean, it was your fault, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and if it hasn't gone up, it's going to go up at the next round of, of renewal. renewals. Right, yeah. At the end of the day, if your wife is entitled to certain things fr- from you by making a claim, whether it's for pain and suffering, it's for the shortfall, for the income loss that she's suffering, housekeeping benefits, if, if she's entitled to these claims, which, by the way, could be in the tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, she should definitely make that claim as against you. Why? Because it's not against you. Okay. It's the insurance company 
behind me. Behind you, right. exactly. Now, I'm not saying to people, go ahead and just, you know, make claims for the sake of... of, of Sue your spouse. Right. Go nuts. No, I'm not saying Have that. Have at her. Right, exactly, exactly. No, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying is that we all have insurance for a purpose. Right. It's a safety net. It's there to yeah. compensate us. It's there to make sure that, you know, in the event that we are in a dire situation, like you're describing, mm-hmm. the insurance is there to, to uh, cover that. And by the way, I see that not just in those situations. You see that also in situations where uh, somebody visits your home, a friend, and you did something wrong. You were negligent. I don't know. You left a ladder or something in the driveway. And uh, I don't know. Somebody tripped over it and suddenly they fell down, broke their back. Mm -hmm. I mean, what? They shouldn't make a claim against you? Your home insurance company will respond. That's why you have home insurance. I mean, again, we're not talking about somebody making a claim to get money they don't deserve. When somebody is making a claim, when I'm telling someone that they have a right to make a claim... I'm not telling you that you have a right to simply grab this money from this other side. I'm telling you that the law is there to protect you. It's a safety net. And the claim is there to allow you to compensate you under the law for what you're entitled to. You're not going after the person. You're going after the insurance. So you got you it. Yeah. You got it. 416-216-5910, Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Um, because of the injuries of a car accident... Um, Lost income, how far, how far can that go? I mean, is it 100% of what I would get if, I, if I'm injured in a car accident or a, car, a percentage of, or is there a mathematic equation for it? All right. So, so then the issue is um, with income loss, uh, who are you claiming it against? If it's with respect to your own insurance company, remember we discussed that yeah. there are no fault benefits. Uh, un, uh, under Ontario law, you're entitled up to $400 a week for income replacement benefits from your own insurance company. Now, there is a formula that is used, right? Okay. You don't automatically get 400 bucks a week. It depends. Uh, you are entitled to the $400 if you meet a certain criteria. And the criteria is that they're looking at your gross income. They're looking, depending on the, on the time frame in the past, they calculate how much you're entitled to. The, the, the issue that people have most of the time when they come to me is, look, you know, I haven't been working for a year. I've been getting these income replacement benefits. But, you know, what's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen if I'm not able to go back to work? I mean, you know, the income replacement benefits is not going to go on forever. Hmm. Well, if there's someone else that is at fault, you are entitled to claim for future loss of income as against that individual who was at fault. And their insurance company will respond. So the rationale here is that between your own insurance company and the insurance company of the person who was responsible for the accident, that you would be made whole. Okay? Again, it's not difficult. It's just that it's very technical. So would it be, if, if say, I'm allowed for the maximum, 400, would it be now 400 times two? Uh, their insurance and my insurance, or it doesn't work that way? <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. So, so for example, uh, uh, let's say the individual was, uh, you know, making a thousand bucks a week and was receiving four hundred dollars. Uh, obviously, you're going to be making a claim for the shortfall as against, you know, whoever mm-hmm. was at fault for the accident. Most of the time, people come to me. The the the, the concern is what's going to happen in the future if, first of all, if I'm only entitled to get four hundred dollars going forward. And by the way, there is a cutoff point. Uh, I mean, this is not something you're going to get forever, yeah. depending on the situation. Uh, but for most people, the concern really is not even the money that, that you know, the shortfall from, from the past. The concern is what's going to happen with the future. Right. And I see that a lot of people who are 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old. I mean, these are individuals who a lot of times are in their prime and, and they may be, you know, may be making, you know, $1,000 a week. They may be making $4,000 a week. And it's very, very concerning. 416-216-5910, Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Again, with the uh, the weather starting to turn, man, we're talking slips and falls are going to be a plenty, whether it's, you know, industrial units or shopping malls or on your own property. What should you do if you're injured in a slip and fall accident, first of all? Okay, well, first of all, 
um, like I said, with car accidents, you have to get medical help. All right. You have to make sure that you're okay. You have to make sure you either go or uh, get taken to a hospital, family uh, doctor, uh, walk-in, etc. It's very important, and I always ask people. I always ask people to do this uh, if possible, especially if they contact me. You know, shortly after the accident, get somebody, a friend, uh, a family member, to go to the area where this happened, take a picture. If you haven't already, by the way, because we all have cell phones. It's easy all, now, it's right? It's easy, ex- yeah. exactly. Uh, there's nothing better than being able to document shortly after the accident, the slip and fall, the conditions that cause you to fall. Because ice melts, right? You got it. Right. Ice melts. Uh, maybe you, you fell in a store and maybe you fell on a hanger. Uh, you know, it's very important to make sure that whatever conditions cause the fall are documented, okay? Now, uh, if you can... depending on the injury that you have, it's also important that either at the time, right after the fall or or, uh, shortly after, maybe a day later, two days, whatever, you notify whoever is responsible for that area of the fall. It's important that there is an incident report that gets created. So, for example, if you fell uh, in in a plaza, Mm -hmm. try to find out who is responsible, who's the management company. Try to make sure that they are aware of the incident, okay? So, again, they document what has happened. Uh, If you fell in a store... Call over the manager. Make sure that, that there is an incident report that gets filled out. Okay? Very, very important. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, I, I tell this to everyone. Make sure you, you call me, call my team as soon as possible for a very simple reason. There are certain things that you may have to do which are time sensitive. As an example, if you're falling or if you fell on a, on a uh, city sidewalk, you have to give the city notice within 10 days of the fall. I thought you had two years to make no, a claim. Oh. you have two years to make an actual claim. But you only have 10 days. You got it. Because the city, city gets, it doesn't matter which city, they get so many claims, they have to be able to investigate those claims fairly quickly. And I'll tell you, the courts are very stringent when it comes to, to that notice period. You know, if, if you've fallen on a city sidewalk because of ice and you feel that it was just horribly maintained, mm-hmm. no ice, no salt, no, sorry, no, no salt, no, no sand, nothing, uh, and you waited for you know two months before contacting uh, a lawyer like myself. Mm-hmm. If you if you waited two months before uh, telling the city, the city clerk, that this is what happened, you may be out of luck in terms of making a claim. That doesn't matter how significant your injuries are. So it's very very important that again you you give me a call. Uh, at the very least, you'll get your options. You'll you'll understand what your rights are, compensation rights. And, uh, you know, you can go from there. Important stuff to learn with the upcoming months for sure. We'll take a short break. Uh, send us an email if you want to talk to Savan, S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And the number is 416-216-5910. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show right here on Talk Radio, AM 640. You want to get a hold of Savan uh, directly, here's the number. He has it on him all the time, 416-216-5910. And it's Savan, that's S-I-V-A-N, at theinsurancelawyer.ca. For email, we're talking about slips and falls. Before the break, it's going to be at that season where uh, the phone's going to be ringing off the hook. Uh, for you guys in that regard, and rightly so, people should always give you a call no matter how bad or how uh, you know, insignificant the injury to get the uh, the ball rolling. Give me some uh, some recent cases, some uh, some things that have happened come through the uh, the office. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about a particular case which uh, uh, is is unfortunately not that uncommon. Uh, this gentleman's uh, name is Joe, and Joe slipped and fell uh, in a store up in Barrie a few months ago on a wet floor. It was raining outside. Uh, he tore his knee, and he needed surgery. Wow. Okay. Now Joe is an architect. He travels often to see clients. Uh, he's in in his He's in his mid-50s, and he had to take time off work for surgery and for rehab after. And right now, he's working part-time hours. So we're talking about a significant claim. Uh, Now, we made that claim against the store for negligence. Uh, Why? Because the store did not have any wet signs up, 
They didn't have a carpet. They didn't have a mop. And I'll tell you another thing. Uh, These stores are required to have what's called uh, sweep logs or maintenance logs. And we received copies of those logs. And guess what? Those logs are deficient. They're showing that, uh, you know, the slip and fall occurred around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. There were no sweeps or no notations of any any maintenance that was done in the store uh, before that. And there's actually a notation at around 2.15 in the afternoon saying wet floor incident mopped up. Now, this is a clear-cut case of negligence. There's no question the store, uh, the staff failed to do what they had to do. So right now, I am in discussions with the insurance company. Uh, with the insurance lawyer uh, for the uh, the store, for the insurance company for the store, regarding an assessment of compensation for uh, his injuries. And let me repeat that. We're in discussions right now for compensation. So this is not, is he going to get compensated? This is how much is he going to get compensated? We're past that point. You passed that point, yeah. exactly. So, I mean, it's very important for, for listeners to understand that if they're injured because of a fall and, you know, if the accident was caused by someone's negligence, that someone, that premises, whether it's a mall, a plaza, whatever it is, they have insurance. And if you are injured in that situation, you're entitled to compensation. It's just, it's black and white. It's just does, a question of how much. Does that, uh, does that also apply to, say, a private residence? I own a house. I have a renter in my basement. They slip on the stairs in the wintertime going down to their apartment. So that's an interesting, uh, right? inter- absolutely. It's an interesting uh, example because I actually had one of those. Uh, and, and so, you know, in that particular case, uh, the renter did slip and fall and she actually fractured her ankle. And uh, it was a fairly, fairly significant injury. She needed metal hardware inserted into her ankle. It, it's, you know, it, wow. it, was, it was very bad. And, and you know, the, the problem there was that the owner of the house uh, was the one who routinely maintained the area. He's the one who salted. He's the one who cleaned the snow. Right. And she... Walked over that particular day. He did not clear the area as he should have. There was a claim made against him. We made a claim. And uh, yeah, I resulted with his insurance company. I mean, it was a clear-cut case. The injury was objective. We knew what the injury was. We knew that he didn't do his job, despite the fact that he tried to deny it. This is an example <laughs> of, of where, uh, you know, this individual, my client, was actually smart enough to take photographs. Yeah, I was just about right to say. At, absolutely. She yeah. took them. And you can see that there is, it, it's, it was in a horrible state. And, and so that's a situation where, yeah, absolutely. If you are uh, injured on some of these premises, uh, in a home, a garage, whatever it is, if that person who owns that premises is negligent, their home insurance company okay. is going to respond to this claim. 416-216-5910, Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Give me another example, slip and fall. All right, so this one, uh, this individual's name is Greg, and he fell on ice in a plaza parking lot last winter when he went uh, to pick up his son from karate class. Uh, so the plaza wasn't maintained properly. Uh, it wasn't plowed. No salt was put down or sand. And uh, now Greg has uh, pretty bad back pains as a result of this. Now, unfortunately, Greg works as an electrician. Uh, he had back surgery only a few years before this incident. Yeah, great. Right? So he wasn't doing that well, but he was managing. Right. He was working. Everything was okay. And suddenly he falls, and he falls directly on his back. And so, after, obviously, as you can imagine, he's in tremendous pain and, uh, you know, it's not getting any better even with physio. He was in bed, actually, for about two months before he was even able to, to, to walk. Now, he's not walking, but he's walking with a cane and he continues to get treatments. So then, uh, you know, the issue is, uh, um, you know, what do you do? Is the plaza responsible for this? Incidentally, I forgot to mention that um, uh, he's having difficulty working as well, Right. And he, as an electrician, as you can imagine, uh, he's, he's it's a physical uh, gig. It's a physical gig, and, and you know, he, he was pretty busy. It was his own, uh, you know, it was his own um, uh, business. 
Uh, and, and so, you know, what were his options? Well, when he came to me, and he came to me because he, he heard about me from another individual that I had helped, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he asked me, listen, what can I do? And really what he was concerned about, believe it or not, was just the cost of his treatments. He was paying out of pocket to, to a oh, massage sure. therapist, physio and all that. And, and when I looked at the case and, and I, I was speaking with him, I said, listen, Greg, you have a huge income loss claim here. I asked him, did you by any chance take photographs of that area where you fell? And he said, you know, I didn't, but I can tell you that uh, I, I uh, was able to send my brother the next day. Smart. And, and he took some photographs. And guess what? Between the day that he fell and the next day, the place wasn't maintained. So, so you know, we have photographs of, of the area, the way it sort of looked uh, at the time of the incident. Well, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, you know, we are, again, this happened a year ago. Uh, we started the claim and I've already spoken a few times with the insurance lawyer for the plaza, for the insurance company for the plaza. There is no question that there is going to be compensation. Cool. There's no question it's going to be significant. The only question is going to be how much. It's a, it's a call you got to make, really. I know that you sounds like a cliche, but you have to make it. Listen, right? you have to make it if only just to get the information. I right. mean, I never understood when, when you know, people decide to just Google this information. And by the way, you can Google this stuff. Because the internet get, never lies. Oh, I, it never. <laughs> never. I mean, go right. to Wikipedia. I mean, you know, it just why is, not? it's all good. Yeah, no. The, the problem is that uh, what you'll find in a lot of these websites is there's a lot of good websites, good law firms out there. The problem is there are very bad ones there as well. Right. And how do you distinguish? How do you know which one to listen to? How do you know which one to, to uh, follow up on? Mm-hmm. You got to go to somebody who knows insurance law. You have to make sure that uh, you, you tell them everything and you have to make sure that they give you the time of day. A lot of lawyers, unfortunately, when you go to them, uh, they'll try to get you into the office immediately. For sure. They'll, they'll, they'll put the retainer agreement in front of you. They'll say, sign on dotted line. We'll explain everything later. Avoid that. Make sure you never do that. The best insurance lawyers, the best personal injury lawyers uh, that I've dealt with, both on the defense as well as the plaintiff side that I'm doing now, are the ones who take the time and they explain. They explain. It doesn't take a long time. They just explain what the law is. It's not complicated and what your rights are. 416-216-5910, 416-216-5910, Savannah at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll take a short break and uh, wrap this up for another week. Some more uh, interesting stuff coming out to the break. We'll talk about insurance disputes right here on the injury, uh, the insurance and injury law show on Talk Radio AM 640. The number is 416-216-5910 to get old Savannah directly or Savannah, that's S-I-V-A-N at theinsurancelawyer.ca. That is an email. I want to talk about some insurance disputes here in the last few minutes of this week's show. Uh, for instance, what are some red flags people should watch out for when they're making insurance claims? Like what are the, the signs of trouble? You could say that indicate that the claim, uh, well, it might not get paid. Yeah, and I see a lot of people who uh, you know who have these kinds of claims, whether it's home insurance claims that you've put in because of a fire or a flood, car insurance claim, you know, the insurance company is not wanting to, uh, to to pay for my car, it's a write-off, uh, all those kinds of things. So, so let me just make sure people understand this. There are three major signs that everyone should watch for if they have an ongoing claim with an insurance company. Okay. Number one, if the claims process is dragging on for more than a few months you make sure you call me, okay? It should not. And by a few months, I mean two or three months. There is no reason why a claim should drag on and drag on. The insurance company knows what it needs. It will ask you for what it needs. And if it's not giving you an answer, there is a problem. Okay, so that's the first thing, if it's dragging on. Uh, Number two, if you've been told, and I say this a lot as well, that your claim has now been transferred internally. Yeah, what does that mean? To a special investigation unit, an SIU unit. Yeah. Alarm bell should be going off in your head. 
Okay, what that means, it means it's now been, it, there's been a red flag, a huge red flag that's put, you know, just around your file. And someone else, much more experienced, someone who deals with either fraud or deals with anything that's out of the ordinary, that person is now looking at your case. And your case is not going to be resolved anytime soon. Great. Right. The issue is, though, in those kind of situations is, is how quickly do you, do you get to those individuals who are handling that claim in order to try and, and perhaps put it back on track? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because a lot of times there is a misunderstanding that may have caused this, your case to go to the SIU unit. So, so if, you're, if you're told that your claim is being transferred internally to somebody who's doing investigations, you make sure that you immediately call an insurance lawyer. Okay. Number three. And, and this is actually quite common. If you are being asked questions that make absolutely no sense to you, like, for example, you had a car accident okay. and the adjuster is interviewing you after the car accident and is asking you a whole bunch of questions about, uh, you know, where do you live? Uh, uh, you know, can, can I get a copy of your cell records for that day? Uh, you know, can I get your gas bill? Come Anything. on, they ask those oh, Absolutely. But why are they asking them? They're not asking them for fun. They're asking them because in their minds, something is off. Either they think that you've misrepresented something, like, for example, uh, you told them uh, that, that, you know, before you got the policy that you live in Toronto and you don't live in Toronto, you live in Barrie. You know, whatever the reason is, uh, they're asking these questions because they're trying to verify uh, some information you've given them. And, And what does that mean? It means that if they can find a way to show that you've somehow misrepresented something... Boom, that's a denial of a, kill, of, of, of a claim on the basis of a misrepresentation. And that's really what they want to do. They don't want to pay at the end of the day. They don't want to pay. They don't want to pay. I mean, and again, not to be unfair to insurance companies, they're there to sell you insurance and try and avoid paying claims. For sure. Okay, that's just what they do. I mean, that's the model. And I'm not saying that all adjusters are bad, all insurance companies are bad, but they are there to try and deny claims. And, and it's very, very important that if you are noticing any one of those signs that we just discussed, uh, that you give me a call or you give an insurance lawyer who knows this stuff a call so that we can navigate you back. Uh, sorry, so that we can give you the options of what you can do and we can put the claim back on track. It's been a good hour, my friend. Lots of information. Absolutely. And uh, if you need more, you can get it anytime. A couple different ways. 416-216-5910. That is Savan's number. His email directly, S-I-V-A-N, Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca and always the website as well, insuranceandinjurylaw.com. It's been another good week. We'll return for more next week. This has been the Insurance and Injury Law Show on Talk Radio, AM 640.